Hey there on this June 21, 2021. It's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And I believe that you're connected to this because you're ready on this Father's Day for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. So good to hear your lovely voices this morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father, we honor you. We praise you. We give you glory. Morning. Praise and glory for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day that you have allowed us to see and to able to be in the land of the living, counting on on this blessed day. This is your day. This is the day that you have made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. You are such a great and awesome God. You are a God that never changes you the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And, Father, we honor you with the fruits of our lips this morning. First of all, just telling you thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing right now and all that you're going to do in the future. We thank you, Lord God, because your word is true and everything about you are true. You are the true and living God. You live in our hearts and you live in our minds. You live in our souls. And, Father, everything about us is because of you, Lord, and we thank you. We we look at times and we say they are bad, they are hurting, they are sorrowful times, but then we can just look back after we don't seen all of that. We still had to come back and say we are blessed. We are honored, Lord God, that you have looked after us when we weren't able to look after ourselves. You you cared for us when we didn't sometimes care for ourselves. You loved us when we didn't love ourselves and, and we thank you, Lord God. Most of all, Lord God, you gave us grace and mercy that is super, Lord God, supersede and super uh, uh, outrank anything, Lord God, that ever happened to us because we know there sometimes we deserve, Lord God, worse than what we are getting, but your grace and your mercy. It's there standing and pleading for us and and help us to get by and get around many things, and we thank you, Lord God. We don't take it for granted, Lord. Lord God, we don't take it for granted of your love and your tender care and your mercy that you've given us. We, matter of fact, we thank you for it. And, and Lord God, we know that if it had not been for your grace and your mercy, we would have been cut off a long time ago. But we thank you, Lord God. And we come this morning, Lord God, as your children. We come as sheep of your pasture. And, Lord God, we come, Lord God, we say, Lord, here we are. You know exactly where we are. God, you don't need a microscope. You don't need a machine to look over our bodies and tell us where we are. You know exactly where we are without even having to use all of that. And, Father, just where each and every one, where we are this morning, we come to you and we cast at your feet because you said we can cast our cares on you because you careth for us. 
And so, therefore, Lord God, we cast our cares upon you. We cast our troubles. We cast our sicknesses, our disease, our pain, our sorrow. We cast, Lord God, those things that's been plaguing our minds and haunting our spirits. God, we cast them at your feet. And, Lord, we say, here they are. They're too big for us. Situations is too complicated. Oh, we, we've been torn with them too long, Lord. And and God, we just place them at Your feet, Lord. And and we cast them at Your feet because You said You care for us. And we turn our backs on them, and we trust that You have them, Lord God. And we thank You. We won't allow what we see, hear, smell, taste, or touch to derail us of, of 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 knowing how good You are. You're better to us than we've been to ourselves. And we thank you, Lord God. Oh God, you've been good to us. And we we Lord God, we know we've been good. Look, we woke up this morning and, and, and we had our health and strength and it might have been a pain here and a discomfort here, but we thank you even for that. Yeah. Lord, we had shelter over our heads. We we, we, we we had a door to our house and a window to our house and we had we hit the light and the light switch and the and the lights came on, Lord, we thank you. We turned the faucet and the water came out. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God. We we had a mind to get up and walk to the other side of the room. God, look, we did that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We don't take it for granted. Somebody is somewhere laying down this morning, Lord God, and they don't know which way to go. But, Father, we don't even know they even exist in this world. But, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what you've done for us. You're such an awesome God, and we thank you, Lord. As we come this morning, Lord God, on this Father's Day of this 2021, Father, we just pray for men that are fathers all over this world. We pray, Lord God, that they, Lord God, will be blessed today, Lord God, that you will just, uh, those who have have taken up the responsibility not just to be someone that birthed a child or had one get here but Lord God that one Lord God is faithful to the call Lord God we we ask you to continue to bless them and, and Lord give them the wisdom and understanding how to to be a father Lord God even Lord God sometimes children where the children grow up and to be an adult Lord God we pray Lord God, that they will continue to do what they have to do, Lord God, to be a part of their of their child's life and even in their grandkids and great-grandkids in Jesus' name. Father, we look at our community, we see a deficit. We see a very great need for fathers. Yes. Father, there are many dads, Lord God, that have, have, have helped children get here, but they don't have anything to do with their children. They don't know the meaning of being a father. They don't know what it means, Lord God, to be supportive. They don't know what it means to make sure their child is fed. They don't understand what it means to be a good role model and what it means to have a good role model in their life. Lord God, some of them have fallen victim into generations of fatherless families. But, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would take situations and I 
have seen and heard, Lord God, of, of men that didn't know how to be fathers, Lord God. God, you, some kind of way you put a man in their life, Lord God, and you put what they needed to, to grow up and to be a man and to be a father for their children, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that no child, Lord God, I know this, a, this is a large prayer here, a prayer request, but God, I have to ask this. Father, I pray that no child would go into this world without their father or knowing their father or having a father figure in their life. I pray, God, that is so desperate in our community, Lord God. Father, there are children growing up, Lord God, needing that help, needing that assistance of a of a father, someone that will, will help them and coach them through life, Lord. Someone going to be there to be supportive in Jesus' name, Lord. They're, they're the streets has become too many of their fathers, Lord God, and, and the jailhouse has become too many of their fathers, fathers separated from their children. Lord God, there's too much of that, Lord God, and we ask for change, Lord. We ask for, Lord God, this is touch the hearts of fathers, Lord God, and allow them, Lord God, that to understand the responsibility that they have as men to be fathers in Jesus' name. Father, we come against the odds. We come against that what's society says that they will be, Lord God. We pray that that the odds would change, Lord God, that the numbers would change, Lord God, that, that they would look and say, we don't know what happened, and but we would know what happened, Lord God, because of the change, Lord God, that we believe and we stand and we pray, Lord God, we just not praying just, just to be praying to God. We really mean it, Lord. We see, we see right here on our streets that we live, in our communities where we live. We see the deficits of fathers. We see, Lord God, the neglected neglectness of, of fathers to, towards their children, Lord God. And we pray, God, that that would be a thing of the past, Lord God, the fathers, that men will pick up their responsibility and be the men that they have been called and, and been chosen and what they have chosen to be. Father, I pray, Lord God, that men will grow up and, and come to their senses and know that, that the sex that they have in, Lord God, it comes with responsibility to that, Lord. Lord God, I pray, God, that the same energy they put in get, trying to get some sex and trying to get a child, Lord God, they will put that same energy in trying to rear a child in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord God, there are many children out here hurting, Lord God, because they don't have that father in their life, Lord. And I pray, God, you said, this is what you said in your word, you said you'll be a father to the fatherless. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you will be that father to those that don't have a father. And we thank God for the women, Lord God, that have taken up the responsibility, Lord God, to to to, to, to take up that, that slack that, that, that the father is not doing, Lord God, and, and they are rearing their children, and, and they're trying to be, they're doing their best, Lord God, to make sure the child is well-rounded, and we thank you for that, Lord God, and, and God, and, and out of that, Lord God, men have even learned how to be a man, because they see, Lord God, what was missing in their life, and we thank you for that, but in on the other, other court, Lord God, there are some hurting men, there are some guys out here, there are some young ladies out here, they are hurting 
Lord, because they don't have that in their life or, or they have some bad experience, Lord God. They saw their father mistreat their mother. They saw their father walk out on them, Lord God. And they called them and they, and they saw and hear their father saying, I don't want anything to do with them. They hear their father say, that's not my child. Lord God, we pray, God, that you will heal the hurt and heal the suffering of those who have experienced that pain, Lord God, has, have experienced those those things in their life, Lord. And we just pray, God, that there would be a healing. We pray, God, that you would just turn it around for your glory. Oh, God, we need, Lord God, we need change. We need change amongst our, our, our men, Lord God. And God, we thank you, Lord God, for that. And, and we believe and we stand upon your word upon that in Jesus' name. If it's my child that's doing it, God, we pray. If it's my neighbor child, if it's my grandchild, God, we just lift them all up before you in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. As we come this day, as we come and we we wait a great expectation to hear what you will say to your man of God today. Bless this church service. Bless this our coming together. Lord God, let this be a rich time in you, Lord God. Allow your power, your Holy Spirit to visit each and every one of us where we are, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Let the power of your word change us and rearrange us, Lord God, and, and put us on the right road where we need to go in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We glorify you. We thank you for it. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, Father, I pray, Lord, oh, God, I feel hurt, Lord, God. I feel wandering minds because of our prayer this morning, but God, you are healing, Lord, God, and you are setting free, even right now. You are great, God, and you're greatly to be praised. Lord, bless our service. Bless our pastor. Bless, Lord, God, all of those who will participate in today's service, Lord, God, we just pray that your power just will just take over and just do what you want to do, Lord. Here we are. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We are standing on holy ground. Yes, yes. And there are angels all around. Yes. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing on His presence on holy ground. Praise God. At this time, we will have moments of meditation through prayer. Maybe there was something that was on your heart that we didn't get to this morning. Father, I remember, I know one thing right now, Lord God, that I want our people to remember, Philip Jordan, Lord God, that he will come out that coma in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing in his presence on holy ground. And you believe that we are standing on the holy ground? And I'm not talking about Jerusalem. I'm not talking about the doorway or 
the, the, the aisles or the pew or the sanctuary where you calmly have gone to church to worship him. But I'm talking about where you are right now. The very, you might be sitting down. You might be laying down. But where you are, it is holy ground. Could you just take just about 10 seconds just to tell the Lord thank you for his presence? Thank you because you're standing in his presence. Thank you for his presence. Just being in the room where you are right now. That's a good place to be. That's a good place for him to be in in your presence where you are. God has not forgotten you. Thank you, Lord. Can you tell him thank you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to First Virtual Church. I pray that you all have a blessed week and ready to receive from the Lord this morning. Sound like somebody need to take a sip of that coffee. Don't drink it too fast because you're going to choke again. But thank God. Thank God for you all being with us this morning. And I'm pretty sure as every Sunday, God shows up and he shows out. And we're just looking for God just to do that again this morning. And as we come, we know that Pastor Barrick has got the word. And and I'm pretty sure uh, he's and ready to give it this morning. So we, we're going to set with great expectations and receive that. And on his behalf, on, on the behalf of his lovely wife, we'd like to invite you uh, to invite other people to tell them tune in to us and slip in and, and tell them they don't hate, they don't, they don't even have to wear their Sunday best. They can just wear the Saturday night, um, you know, whatever they want to wear. That's right. Get your coffee, get everything said and and, and, and get right and let's get prepared to give our praise and hear from God and see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. God bless you. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Listen, I, I hope they at least clean off the sun that third the best. <laughs> just, just in case somebody just came from the club and they just got home, Dr. They ain't got well, like time I to said, change. Like I said, well, I hope they clean it off. They, they, they might end up celebrating Father's Day a little bit early if they don't clean it off. Clean <laughs> off hey, man, God bless you, sir. Clean off you, sir, the best. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Conspicuous by his absence is Brother Dennis. Uh, uh, his wife has put him in purgatory for this morning and uh, told him that he was not allowed to do anything. I don't understand what that means, but that's all right. So he's home being treated like a king, and uh, he will not be with us on this morning. And so this morning, as we uh, move forward, I got a couple things. Mama Bell is going to hit them keys 
Mama Bell is, uh, you all right over there, Mama Bell? I'm still here. I'm here. All right. I wanted to make sure that you won't sleep. Oh, no, no, no. I just took another sip of tea, so I'm fine, fine, fine. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes Pastor Booth can pray. You know, you get curled up in your blanket, you go right back to sleep like you're singing a lullaby to you. So she's going to go over there and she's going to play. I would like to uh, to do something real quick. and uh, I, I, Mama Bell, in the, the years and change we've been together, uh, I have not uh, called Mama Bell. Uh, to discuss her lyrical presence, if you will, or lyrical uh, decisions. But I I felt anxious. I felt a little anxious because I woke up this morning, or not this morning, the morning that I called her, rather, and I was dreaming about the hymn. And... I said, I bet you, she, I bet you that's what she's going to do. I bet you she's going to do I just bet you, I just bet you. And I was like a two-year-old who just had too much candy, and I was just bouncing up and down. And I said, I'm not going to do it. 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 No, 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 no. And I picked the phone, and I got a number ready, but I wouldn't push in. No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be surprised. Be surprised. And so I couldn't take it no more. You know, I'm not good at holding nothing. I had a pastor that I used to know. She said that uh, God didn't make her an icebox. He made her a refrigerator. She can't hold nothing. And so uh, I thought a laugh would go right there. We can't woke up yet. Okay, cool. And uh, uh, I called Mama Bell, and I said, Mama Bell, what you playing? And she said, Faith of Our Fathers. And I said, that's what I was thinking you were going to play. And so before she comes... To play, I would like to just read the lyrics. We haven't done this in a while, but if you don't mind, I'd like to just pick up this little hymn book. You know, it's read, written, or penned, if you will, by Frederick W. Faber. The music by Henry, or no, what's that say? Yeah, Henry. I thought I said that right. Henry F. Hemming. I say, who is Henry F. Henry? That don't make now seem right. But I want Henry. It's Henry. With the refrain by James G. Walton. And it says, by fathers living still, in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword, oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whene'er we hear the glorious word faith of our fathers we will strive to win all nations unto thee and through the truth that God that comes from God mankind shall then truly be free faith of our fathers we will love both friend and foe in all our strife and preach thee too as love knows how by kindly words 
and virtuous life. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. It's a very interesting and very direct piece of music. And I thought I would just read the lyric before Mama Bell decides to go ahead and serenade us a little bit on the piano. And the Brittany called the piano 40. Mama Bell. <clears throat> Thank you. The other hymn you hear is This Is My Father's World. <laughs> Seven. Verse 1 through 4. And then we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. We're going to do like the deed down the old church. we get you one of them, them bookmarkers and put in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 through 4. 
17. And then 17, 1, 7. That come after 1, 6 and before 1, 8. That's <laughs> <laughs> not taking this morning. <laughs> Mathematics was the first thing it taught you in school. Joshua. Joshua. Genesis chapter 6. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. That's the first book. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Genesis okay. chapter 1, verse 17. Says, when Abram was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down, and God spoke with him. As for me, my covenant is with you. You will become the father of of many nations and if we just flap over to Joshua 1 verse 5 and it will say no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live I will be with you just as I was with Moses I will not leave you nor forsake you I was thinking this morning as I looked up at our time here no I'm not going to take an hour to do this that would be very nice for me I would love to do that I could really get deep and talk to this but I'm going to do this as, as quick as I feel possible I think that's safe to say there just in case I do lie but I want to focus this morning on this this thought men too hashtag men too now our kind father we ask you for this opportunity we thank you first of all for this opportunity we must not ask we thank you. this wonderful beautiful Sunday that the trees are just waving in appreciation the wind is joining in the chorus it's not too hot not too cold just right for us to sit and meditate I like these calls because it's no pop no splendor no ins and outs of trying to prove points but it's just a time of quiet peaceful meditation we ask that we, your spiritual jurors, as we're sitting here at this time of peaceful meditation, can hear this and see without shadow of doubt what it is you are saying unto us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 my chair wants to speak to you you can go ahead and ignore him he doesn't need attention earlier in 
this decade, I feel that is a safe place to land ourselves because the timeline would probably uh, not come to me. You heard something spring across your TV screens, radios, and what have you called hashtag me too. There was this uh, conversation, if you will, that began on the Twitter. This young lady had started to express her frustrations, if you will, with the male population the powerful male population, to be precise, and they were explaining this this particular woman who began this conversation and opened the floodgates, if you will, for a, a broader conversation of explanation as to what has been happening in various communities that are seemingly, if not uh, certainly, dominated by men. She explained along with these other ladies who joined in the chorus of this conversation known as hashtag me too, about how brothers was abusing their powers, using women to get what they wanted. I didn't come here to uh, present an argument or a rebuttal to that. I am not the, the defense counsel here on the the art of Me Too. But there was a piece of that business that has always stuck with me. It bothered me for some time, and, and I, I feel that there was never truly a defense to the men. Then again, in the argument of fairness, for every action, there is a reaction, and for those who will have the debate with me that the men did step up, I'm not talking about those who just fought every piece of business. It's like a Democrat speaking and a Republican coming with a rebuttal. No, no, no. Those persons who responded was not necessarily the response by which I consider. I feel that that response is not something that the, the male population can gravitate to, can pull into. It might be a little harsh, if you will. But if you think about it, when the Me Too movement popped up, it was this latest in the installment, if you will, in the idea, in the necessity, whatever your thought process is there of another group of oppressed people who are rising up out of the shadows to claim what was rightfully theirs as citizens of these states united. The black folks had done it in the 60s and the 50s and earlier on yonder, on yesterday, June 20 especially for those of us who are connected here together. We must remember our brothers and sisters who will probably join us on the audio version of this that will go out on various platforms later. June 20, yesterday, from the time of this, we celebrated the national holiday, the newly minted national holiday known as Juneteenth. Juneteenth is when we celebrate the freedom of the slaves down in Texas. 
So the black people have been fighting. Then the LGBTQ came out somewhere around the turn of this decade, or should I say the last one, the turn of the millennium for certain. LGBTQIA, all of those lovely alphabets that comes out there or connects with that. And the women have stepped up to once again rekindle the fire that was lit in their struggle back in the 20s as they were in the streets fighting the women's suffrage movement, women's live, all of those different uh, pieces of business that uh, many of you are accustomed to or have knowledge of, should I say. But conspicuous from that conversation, missing from that argument, if you will, is the men. For some reason, they have, since the beginning of time, always been somewhat demonized. And again, I am not here to try to defend those vicious and very harsh persons who are a part of the men gender. I'm not here to support or give an excuse to your deadbeat husband. I don't like him either. As a matter of fact, one of the hardest conversations for me to ever have was Father's Day. I can barely get through Mother's Day, but Father's Day is very, very disturbing to me because I am the victim of one of those persons who committed the act of hit and run on the side of the road and then left after the trace had been implanted. I understand why there is, in some cases, trepidation, in some cases, disgust. But if you think back to when we had our conversation, those of you who have been following along here in our little chats, you'll think back to when we discussed uh, around about Memorial Day how many of our veterans have run around our churches, our communities, even within our families, and yet we have paid not much attention to Can you think somewhere along those same lines is the idea of Father's Day? Our churches pack out just 30 days ago if we weren't in COVID. They would have. Everybody goes to church for mamas. We put on our nice, pretty garments. Mama gets all dressed up with her nice little crossage on the left side of her suit. Put on their nice hats. That's too much work for me. I'm so glad I go to the first virtual. I can sit here with my crochet in my head, and my dress of choice can be my underwear. I'm not saying that's what I did, but if I wanted to, I could. And nobody would know because I'm comfortable. It's just between me and Jesus, what church was supposed to be. But you understand what I'm trying to say. At least I would hope you will. Please forgive me if I'm leaving you in the dust. Mama's Day is very, very important. Then some 30 days or less, maybe more, depending upon which uh, direction the calendar decides to direct us. We have Easter. 
the youngins have returned on that day as well. And then some 30 to, not 30, maybe 60 to 90 days before that, they were there, at least in some of our reformations for New Year's Eve. It's almost as if by the time we get to Father's Day, they have stalled out. Or maybe they just don't care. These holidays by which we are now celebrating is fascinating because many of them have seemingly taken a life of their own. Some of them have significance in our world. Others of them do not. Father's Day is one of them. Why was it created? What was the point of it? Father's Day the holiday of honoring fatherhood and parental bond, as well as the influence, the influence of fathers in our society. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Father's Day so, or for so long, at least in my lifetime, has gone unnoticed because most of our fathers have no influence. I mentioned in my case, being the victim of the hit-and-run attack and the runoff as the sperm was left for dead. How do you respect someone who has left you? How can a woman who has sat and had this time of intimacy with this gentleman only for him to get up and walk off and leave and yet hold some type of respect for them. I was reading a story. I don't know if I should say it was a story. It wasn't necessarily a story, but to me it was because it was long before my time, maybe five years before I was born, depending upon who you talk to. This story took place around about 1926. There was this young lady who had been the victim of activities, if you will. Most of you would know that's how your children were born. And being the victim of those activities, the man, on several different occasions, giving her five children, all of her children was from the same man, but the man never sticked around. He just came any time he wanted to uh, leave his his uh, his blessing, that's good to say on Sunday. Someone asked, why do you constantly take this off of that man? I thought it was funny. They wouldn't even call their father father or daddy or papa or anything similar to that. No, he was simply that man in the 20s, that man. But the mother rebuked all of her children who had unanimously came to the same thought. We must not disrespect your father. But mother, he is provoking us. They must have been having a Bible class somewhere 
nearby because they had enough sense to know that Brother Paul over there in Ephesians asked Pappy to not provoke the child to anger. And in some reason, this message, as I said, got to the children for them to say, Mama, what do you do when we're being provoked to anger? That is a question that Mama could not answer, even in the 20s. She refused to answer because she was a part of a society. You, Many of you may have had some type of understanding of it. I'm sure all of you are 21. It was probably in a history book somewhere where you gained this understanding. But you know that was the time period when even though the men and the women uh, had the same problems as we have today, their mindset was a little bit different. The women were not allowed to distance themselves from the brothers as they can now. Back yonder, you recall, where a woman needed a man for everything, even to control her money. If you went to go open a checking account or a savings account, It will require your husband's signature before you could do it. And so a lot of women, when you talk to them now, they look down on their mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers because they stayed with their husbands, very abusive men. I'm going to get to my point here. I'm going somewhere very quickly. Just ride with me without really taking the time to say what society had put those women in. It was the reason why they had to stay. But it also put the brothers in a conflict. Has anybody thought about the pressure placed upon the brother? Again, this is not me defending their actions. No man should treat women any kind of way. But the brother had a few problems of his own. Any good, decent brother, one who would like to appeal even to his own ego, let us remove nice, let us remove being good, let us remove even following the Holy Scriptures. Let's just stick with my ego. Do you know what it's like for a man who's been taught all his life that you got to stand up and take care of your situations? You got to be the head. You have to rule and super rule has the man. And what happens when that brother cannot keep up with his obligations? What happens when that brother finds himself somewhat falling short of the mark of his objectives that has been set for him by people who he doesn't even respect? I was watching, you know, First Lady, we sit down and watch movies a lot. I've watched more movies in the last 30 days than I've seen in my life. I sit down and watch them with her because... Quite frankly, with the non-work that I'm doing, I figured maybe if I watch these movies, it will give me some ideas to 
to present to you. I get ideas from anywhere. We've discussed that on numerous occasions. I was watching this latest piece of presentation, this latest, should I say, uh, cinematic presentation called Ragnarok. The details of that is is not significant as you would like to know. We'll definitely discuss it at a later opportunity. But there was a piece in there about this family. The family had uh, somewhat maimed or, or gained a level of authority over this community in Norway. For centuries now, they had dominated because they owned the main supply of employment. One of the ways that we can find ourselves to economic freedom is when we stop subjecting ourselves to one source. That's why we hear Democrats, if I could just go here for a second, talking about breaking up big tech, breaking up these enormous companies. That is what they're trying to say. When you break them up and have little teeny competitors, you have options, and then that removes the possibility of one man controlling how the economy operates. You break up this big white society. You look around our world today, if I could just park here for a second outside of where I am, I have a mission here. There's a method to my madness. Mark Zuckerberg, Tim Cook, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, these guys literally are dominating the world by which they're in. There's nobody that can touch Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. There's nobody that can touch a Tim Cook with Apple. Apple has more followers than Jesus. Jesus said, come. Apple said, do, 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 do. And people just wrapped around the malls waiting for the Apple store to open. And I'm not talking about wrapped around the mall at 10 o'clock in the morning or 7 a.m. for that matter. These people go out and wrap around the store for a midnight drop. When the new iPhone comes out, the new iPad, the new Apple device, if you will, it drops and the stores open at midnight, and the people have camped out like it's a Black Friday celebration, and they're waiting at the Best Buy. And the system decides that, hey, we have to make the playing field even. We have to break up this great white male society. It's a little bit of a struggle. In a, in a nation this size, in a global economy this size, it's a little bit struggle. 7.9 billion people on planet Earth, and yet the countries, not just country, the countries that we know are all dominated by one or two people. You think about that on a massive scale, we can return to this cinematic presentation by which I was paying attention to called Ragnarok, where this family was thinking about this on a local scale. They moved in to a town. Please forgive me as it seems like I'm going all over the place, but 
But uh, all of this stuff will make sense in the end, at least in my head, Will, if you have some struggles. We'll definitely get together. Maybe it would be a good time for us to chat. I haven't missed talking to some of you. When I was thinking about my content-making career, fresh out of college, sat down with an economist, my economics teacher, Professor Shaw. Professor Shaw down at the TCC, he was discussing in class one day. He said, the best way to build an empire is to take your idea to a community where it does not exist. Most young people who are in search of trying to fulfill their destiny, the greatest idea, the thing that they could do is to pack up and move to a New York, a Los Angeles, a Chicago, a Texas, a Florida, somewhere of that nature, depending upon where your your ideas are taking you. New York, if you're interested in, in the financial market, if you're interested in pretty much anything, you go to New York. That is where most of the corporate world lives. If you have a business, the corporate, entity will come out of New York, but if you're into film, music, or what have you, you will go across country to Los Angeles, and, and a lot of your film is, or excuse me, your music, and film, should I say, is in New York. You understand that. We don't have to explain that. But if you really want to find your niche, if you really want to build a Facebook or an Apple or a Tesla, you go somewhere like Bakersfield. Nobody's in Bakersfield. And you plant your flag in Bakersfield. Nine times out of ten, Bakersfield population, 742. They have no jobs. They have no education. They have been severely disconnected from society. And it's easy to just go in there and throw them a job and they'll accept it. That's what happened in this little town in Norway. And the family runned the town, disturbed the drinking water, feeding these people poison through their water lines. Sounds like a mini Flint, Michigan to me, if you will. All that aside, there was significance to my thinking about this was there was one man who ran the show with his family, the wife, the son, and the daughter. And they had this rule that said that since the beginning of our family's history, the male, the head male, the senior, the eldest son controls the business. But the eldest son fell in love with this girl. He fell in love with everything this girl stood for. He wanted to be with this girl, and he distanced himself from his family for his love. But then his father died, and he felt the pressure of his family. He felt like he had to go and take over. But there was another problem there. He had left the eldest son. 
it left the daughter, and the daughter was running the business. The daughter had built the company's reputation back up, especially after they had dealt with the issue of it coming out that the water had been polluted and these people were drinking the dirty water. She had built the reputation of the company only for the son to come back in and follow the clause that was put in place some centuries ago that the eldest son should take over, and the woman got smacked back down. But the brother... Even though he followed the law and walked into the footsteps of his father, he was still feeling some type of way. Why? Because he was doing it out of necessity. But he really, as he was asked, didn't believe in what he was doing. What happens when the brothers just do because that's what they've been told. And they never really understand it. Has anybody ever considered that maybe the brothers who walk around with their mouths closed, operating in these positions, have an even bigger problem that they're not addressing? These men who are using their positions to seduce women. Maybe it is a form of medication, and because they are powerful, they have the resources to medicate their pain under the radar, but it's still a sickness. Running from woman to woman is a sickness. not ever decided to take up root, is a sickness. Some of these powerful men, if you peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, they got some problems, these brothers. Has it ever been discussed? Ever been taken into consideration? Or were they just deadbeat, no good, dirty dogs, that just came by any time the pants got happy. Hot, happy, same thing, tomato, tomato. I ask you this morning as we come in for our landing, just in case I put somebody to sleep in this conversation, I know this is a touchy subject because i got to talk about some of your husbands. You don't like them Negroes, I understand. thought about it on this Father's Day. What was actually wrong with my father? I sit here as I take a deep breath because it requires me to even think about a conversation that for 37 years I've never addressed. Not why did he leave, that, that, that I cannot answer. I'm not in his head. But what I can ask in a different context, why did he leave? Why did he feel that he wasn't qualified, that he did not need to step up to the plate, that he did not need to stick around and handle his business? Why did he feel that way? Did he not have 
the same assurance that was given to Brother Abraham? Did he not feel qualified enough? Did somebody not validate him as a young man? You know, the brothers need to be validated too. I joke sometimes with the women folks when they say things. A couple of them on the line, so I'm not going to name names, but, but I tell them that's why you can't get a husband. Now, to some degree, they may feel, and, and this may end the joke here, so I'm almost not willing to share it, but I think I'll go ahead at the risk of ruining it. It's somewhat taken as a joke, but my thought process behind it is if you continue to degrade him, to put him down, to call him a liar, a dirty dog, a no-good cheat. What else is left within that brother's psyche? He knew he won't nothing. I know a couple men that will look up in the world, look at you in the face, should I say, in this world. There's a saying out there in the street called hashtag INS. I-A-S. We'll tell you what that is in the parking lot. But the point of the matter is they know. A brother don't need you to tell him at least a sane one. Don't need you to tell him that he's wrong. He knows it. The question is not, is he wrong? The question is, why does he feel he has to do it? That's the question that has never really been addressed. Why, girl, just a piece of booty to me? Why? Never been addressed before. Never been discussed. We beat ourselves up because they go out and give sex. We beat our girls up because they go out and spread their legs. But has it really and truly gotten down to the psychological Bear meat, if you will. Why do you feel like you have to do this? You're being bullied. You're being pressured at the school, aren't you? Hey, man, you want to be a cool brother, you better make sure you throw your sperm around. Hey, man, how many girls you got on the arm? How many girls drooling over you. That's how you know you are somebody. How much money you got in your pocket? How much your shoes cost? Your car fresh? Let me see them rims. We have been raised as brothers to believe that if we have all of this world's possessions, that that makes us somebody. But deep down inside, most of us was never given what we really needed. We were never taught how to truly be a man. Because if we were taught how to truly be a man, then our woman going to work wouldn't offend us. Our women pursuing their dreams and goals would not intimidate us. 
We were taught to be comfortable in our own skin. We wouldn't have a problem with maybe they taking the lead out in the workforce. I'm not trying to go against the Bible. I'm just trying to say the woman got a dream too. There's plenty of times in the book by which we consider our God book that there are women who have done things. Rahab saved the whole the whole nation of Israel, remember? She was the first governmental spy, if you will. Esther saved her people by being the head lady in the the nation where the Israels the Israelites were being or the her people, should I say, were being oppressed. You got Rebecca. You got Sarah. This whole thing wouldn't have happened without her. Eve, the list goes on and on, even down to the mother of Jesus, Mary, who played an integral part in the redemption of the world. Women have always been important. But it's the brother, and I'm, again, not trying to say that the brother doesn't have weight and that the Bible is inaccurate because the brother scientifically and, and biologically is stronger than the woman. He has that protector instinct that is his natural instinct to protect and provide. There's nothing wrong with that. When she gets weak, therefore he is strong. But this is not about protection. It's not about providing. It's about an innermost need for the woman to feel important and not to degrade the man. That's the struggle that we have never addressed. And that is why I believe in this moment, this Father's Day, that I can put somebody to sleep. We think about hashtag men too. Grandmama's going to come to pray for us in just a few moments and she can take her time and do what she pleases. But I ask of you, if you will, right now as we're preparing, I would like for you to think about your father, he may be going on now. Your children are fathers. Your grandchildren may be heading in that direction if they have not already arrived. What's going through their mind? And you can't go up and just ask them. Ain't nobody going to tell you that. Quite frankly, even if they did, they wouldn't know how to tell you. I used to think that shrinks were horrible people. I used to hate shrinks. Why I got to pay you $100 an hour for you to tell me what I already know? But the significance about them fine individuals is they can help to pull you in things you don't know. A lot of us don't know what's wrong with us. A lot of us brothers are just operating on autopilot. 
and we have no clue. So would you pray for the men that you know? Would you just think about every brother in your head right now that pops up? Even the dead ones. You know why? Because they have left somebody here. Pray for them very quietly. Once you get those persons in your head, mama, grandmama will come and give us a closing prayer. Most, most gracious and all wise Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you, oh gracious Father, because you are a great Father. We thank you, God, because we know that all things is possible with you. And as we come this morning, God, on this Father's Day, we come asking you, God, to look on men everywhere. Look on those, oh God, oh God, that has gone astray. But God, we know some is still walking in your word. God, we pray right now that men will look inward and see what is the problem. Help us, oh God, to pray for our fathers, pray for our brothers, pray for our nephews, God. Oh God, you know the aches, the pains that's in them. And we pray right now, God, that they will look within themselves and be the man that God has called them to be. That they will stand tall and cry loud and be the example to one or to other young boys. Oh God, we pray right now. Oh God, those children that's hurting, they don't know who their fathers is and they have problems, God. And we pray that you will move that hurt and let them realize, oh God, that they are not accountable for what their fathers done, but they're accountable for what they do. And help them, dear God, to look to you from whence cometh their health and strength. That they will look to you, knowing that you're the greatest teacher there is. That you will teach us, oh God, which way to go. You will lead us in the path of righteousness, dear God. Help them, oh God, to realize they can't do it of themselves. But with you, God, all things is possible. And we pray this morning, God, we as women will stop and look and say, God, we got a responsibility too to encourage our young boys. We got a responsibility to teach our children how to love one another. In spite of all, God, help us. We all got a responsibility. We can't shift it on nobody. We all got to take our responsibility. Help us, dear God, to look to you for which cometh our health and strength. Help us, merciful Father, to know that you made us and you know what you want us to be. And help us to depend on your word. As we read your word, God, you told Abraham to be the father of all nations. You told Abraham what to do. Yes, Abraham made mistakes, but he trusted you. And help us, dear God, to realize if we make a mistake, that you are there to forgive us and to put us on the right road. We just thank you this morning for all things, God. We thank you, God, because you are a great example to us. You make ways. You love us in spite of all our shortcomings. And help us, dear God, to stand tall, hold fast to your word. Help us not to 
waver because somebody else says it's all right to do it this way and this and that. But help us, God, to stand and do it as you have told us to do. We just thank you, dear God, because you love us so much. You care so much about us, and we can depend on you. We just said thank you this morning, God, and we give your name all the honor and all the praises and all the glory. And now, dear God, we ask him for that peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding, that peace that nobody gives like you give, and help us to be children of you, Lord, and walk in the light of your word. And we just thank you this morning. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. And you say, in all things, give thanks. So whatever we are facing, help us to give thanks to you and trust you. And we say thank you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all as we go forth, praising and magnifying your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Have a great, great Father's Day. God bless each one of us this day. Amen.